we present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Again, and welcome to I'm Sorry I Hadn't a Clue, a programme that's been described as the funniest show on radio by me just then. <laughs> First of all, let me introduce you to our teams. On my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton. <laughs> on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. <laughs> but would you please welcome someone more outstanding than any of them, our scorer, Samantha. Uh... Right, the first game we're going to start with this week is a round called Crossbreeding. It's a scientific round in which I ask our four geneticists to put their heads together. And that should at least be enough to make a table. <laughs> put their heads together and come up with... Can you get a move on, Humph, please? Come up with suggestions for new hybrid creatures. Barry, have you any ideas? If you cross Geoffrey Archer with Miss Piggy, you get a spotty back bacon. <laughs> Willie. If you cross the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> with Richard Branson, you get into the Guinness Book of Records posthumously. <laughs> Graham? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, if you crossed Crystal Carrington with Eddie Cantor, you'd get a Crystal Decanter. <laughs> and... Not only that, but if they had sex tuplets who formed an acrobatic act, you'd get six matching tumblers. <laughs> Tim. Tim. <laughs> move it along, move it along. If you were to cross Margaret Thatcher with a steamroller, you'd get a large bill for a broken steamroller. Alternatively, keeping everything even, if you cross Arthur Scargill with a steamroller, you get a large round of applause. <laughs> oh! <laughs> if you cross Mrs. Sean Penn with some barbecued lamb, you get a Madonna kebab. <laughs> Willie, any more? If you cross a palmist's hand, with silver, <laughs> you get a large hoof print on the palmist's hand and a distant cry of up, up and away. <laughs> if you were to cross Nigel Mansell and John McEnroe, you'd get two people who kept turning into the pits. <laughs> <laughs> that really <Graham>. works. <laughs> If, if you, you if you cross <laughs> Graham Garden, please. If you cross me and Barry, yes. If you cross Pee Wee Herman with Superwoman, you get pea soup. Barry, <laughs> if you crossed a length of tartan with a bag of flour, you get a self-raising kilt. <laughs> if you if you were to cross Edwina Curry and Arnold Wesker, you'd get chips with absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. 
Very good. Any more? Any more suggestions? If you cross the Russian border with a condom, you get a letter from Brezhnev. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is the point in the programme where I give the teams advance warning of the late arrivals that they'll be announcing later on in the programme. This week we'll be asking them for late arrivals at the criminals' ball. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is the round now when each team has to improvise a song with the members of the team saying alternate lines. And I said saying on purpose, because you can't <laughs> call it singing. The subject for the song will be provided by the other team. Musical assistance will be provided by our resident pianist today, playing completely naked, Colin Sutton. <laughs> I don't know completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of your team, Barry, would you suggest a subject for William Tim? The, uh, yes, it's, it's a pushover, really. The uh, drugs in sport, Calypso. <laughs> Pretty introduction he's playing. <coughs> they say that athletes are taking drugs to make them run like demented bugs. <laughs> Perhaps Daley Thompson would have defeated the odds, sir, if he'd overdosed on centipods. <laughs> Okay, William Tim, give the subject to the others. Snappy, uh, the Jacques Cousteau Calypso. That's the name of his boat. <laughs> I dived off the Calypso the other day. I, I saw Duncan Goodhue <laughs> coming the other way. <laughs> he held a poorly octopus. Up to my view. And he said, here's the six quid that I owe you. <laughs> Very good, Barry. Well done. <laughs> the musical verse. Memory's a great thing. <laughs> and with the score standing at one, that brings us to around... <laughs> Brings us to a round called the Guinness Book of Records. As you may know, Barry holds the record for the largest amount of Guinness drunk, but in this round, <laughs> I shall give our team some statistics, and I want to know which record they represent. And we'll start with you, Tim Brooke-Taylor. 17,000 million cubic feet of gas. <laughs> the TUC conference. <laughs> Almost any year. Cyril Smith on a good day. <laughs> no? Pretty good. Not very, though, is it? Uh, <laughs> Liberal Party on a bad day. Now, I think you were actually right with Cyril Smith. Ah. Because the correct answer is the largest gas holder in the world. <laughs> Graham, 4,514 participants. <laughs> it's a record, is it? Um, <clears throat> this is the, the index of Joan Collins' autobiography. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 4,514. It qualifies as a record because it's the highest number of entries under the letter A. <laughs> there is an alternative answer, and that oh. is that it's the biggest musical chair marathon. Same thing, well, same I'll thing. thing. <laughs> Willie, 34 hours. Uh, a day in the life of Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or well, the time it takes him to write a book. <laughs> well spotted, Willie. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Another back reference. You want to know the real answer? Billy, you weren't very close. It's standing on one foot. What is? <laughs> I don't know. It just says here, standing on one foot. Barry, oh, yes. 70 stories. That's the record set by Frank Carson in one and a half minutes <laughs> to an audience of Trappist monks. <laughs> well, they weren't Trappist before they heard him. But... <laughs> it's also the tallest block of flats. Ah. Tim, 167 feet. That is the most severely disabled... Millipede. <laughs> Ever recorded, isn't it? The actual correct and boring answer is the, the largest doll. Doll? What a strange Graham mutated Garden, doll. Be, <laughs> be very careful about this, Graham. 122 inches high with a 72-inch frontage. Samantha Fox springs to mind, but no, 122 inches, that's about 10 feet. Samantha Fox standing on my head. Why is such an everyday occurrence should be a record? <laughs> was it's I also close? Do you wish to go on? No, I was just saying, no. was I close? No, you weren't. It's oh. the smallest house in Britain. You learn Willie something Rushton, every day. 5,967. Words in an Neil Kinnock sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a record he seized from Bernard Levin, who held it previously. It is, in fact, the largest collection of tea towels. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it makes a riveting read. Barry Cryer. <laughs> yeah, it's good, that. Barry Cryer. What was lit up in Paris and could be seen 24 miles away in six colours? <laughs> Oliver Reed, <laughs> withdrawing from the Beaujolais race. <laughs> Actually, the real answer's so boring, I'm not going to give it to you. Gonna... <laughs> it's time now to play a game of which you may have heard, Mornington Crescent. As it's the Queen Mother's birthday this year, we've decided to play... <laughs> We're going to play Royal Mornington Crescent. Oh. Ah. Tim, will you start, please? Buckingham Palace Road. King's Cross. Why? What's she said to him now? <laughs> Don't be flippant, Barry. Is it me now? No. It we seem to change the sequence. Like oh. No, no, Royal rules. Oh, right, sorry. Windsor High Street. It's not your turn. <laughs> I thought I followed Tim. Don't I follow Tim, even if it's royal? No, only when it's Queen's rules do you follow me. <laughs> Carry on, Barry. Windsor High Street. Isn't a Mark Phillips close, is it? Uh, <laughs> nor would I like him to be. <laughs> <laughs> King's Street. W1. Clever. Nice one. Um, Earl's Court. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
just a headline in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it wasn't Hampton Court. <laughs> Queen Anne... Sorry, this is serious. Uh, Queen Anne's <laughs> Gate. Gatcombe Avenue. You're absolutely right, Tim. I can see you waving at me. <laughs> More even present. Yep. Yes. Yes. Very good. Certain amount of collaboration there, but I'll allow that one because we're going to hurry along to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> next game's called Cheddar Gorge. I will say a word, and in turn, each of our glorious team members will say only one word following on to make a sentence. You'll get the hang of it as we go along. I'll stop the game by pressing my buzzer when something funny happens. So, <laughs> we've had lots of letters from listeners who'd like to hear my buzzer, so here it is. Right, we'll start the game now with... Oh, <laughs> applause. Do it again. The BBC I'm are start issuing a record. A country. <laughs> Bad Audibly. buzzer blues. It's, it's very good. <laughs> I'm going to start the game off, and then, Willie, you'll continue. So here goes. When... I went to the <laughs> slaughterhouse. <laughs> I saw Kurt Vonnegut and his wife Mildred <laughs> Vonnegut <laughs> uh, who were Playing at <laughs> disgusting pursuit. A board game in Minneapolis. <laughs> USA. <laughs> Which has no <laughs> earthly reason for existing. <laughs> and with a flash of wit, Willie Rushton wins that first game. Just truth, that's all. And Graham Garden, you're going to start the next game. And, well, I'm going to start, and you take up from where I start. It isn't. <laughs> yes, but it could possibly be in the old rectory near Grantchester, which Houses the famous <laughs> fragrant <laughs> spouse of Kurt. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> right, the next round's called Gargle Gargle. I'll give each one. team member a tune to gargle, <laughs> and the one who does his best will win a look in my little box. Right, fill your glasses, teams. 
Let's start with you, Willie Rushton, now. Will you gargle Brahms's lullaby? Oh, very hard. Okay, Colin, stop, please. Thank you. Graham, you're going to gargle, wouldn't it be lovely? <laughs> Are you sure? by about three seconds. <laughs> Shortly, I think, to be overtaken by Tim, who's going to gargle to the tune of Narcissus. This one's going to be a hard one to beat, I think, but Barry, you might make it. Will you gargle the flight of the bumblebee? <laughs> quite make it, Barry. So, Tim, Tim's the winner of this. Tim, come and look at my little box. Come and look at my little box, Tim. The prize. Cool. That's another one. <laughs> Didn't even know you played cricket, Hum. We go on now to a round for complete speeches. I shall play a piece of speech from a famous person and the team will finish it off. Barry, you're going to start this one if you're dried off. <laughs> This is one from Ronald Reagan. I'll confess that I've been a little afraid to suggest what I'm going to suggest. Ah, uh, you show me yours and I'll show you mine. <laughs> Graham Garden, here's Maggie Thatcher. The same old record, the same old cracked records coming out. Coming out? Coming out. 
Willie Rushton, Neil Kinnock. I really would like someone like you to be leader of the Labour Party. Oh, dear. <laughs> the mirror's steamed up. Indian. Tim, here's Donald Sindon. My interests have largely been outside the theatre. But the police kept moving me on. <laughs> Barry, here's another one for you. This is David Steele explaining Cyril Smith's view. Cyril's view was, I don't know if it still is, that it should be stamped on. But uh, he couldn't even see it, so I stamped on it for him. <laughs> right, Graham, here is Cyril Smith. If it doesn't come off, we're finished. <laughs> anyway, I never wanted to come dressed up as a barrage balloon in the first place. <laughs> Willie, here's David Owen. I can imagine few things worse than a Tory landslide victory. With the possible exception of Cyril Smith coming as barrage. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, last one in this round for you, and here's Margaret Thatcher once again. It didn't work then and it won't work now. So take off that barrage balloon, Cyril. <laughs> it doesn't fool anyone. <laughs> Oh, you have taken it off. <laughs> now we move on to a round which is a variation on famous last words. I shall ask the teams to suggest the first words of famous people. Oh, Bonnie Langford. <laughs> oh. Graham, you oh, can start sorry. this one off. <laughs> sorry, I sounded sorry, just I like thought... Tim for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> that was unclear. Famous first words. Oh, I don't know. Um, how about the Dalai Lama? Here we go again. <laughs> One for the Buddhists. <laughs> Arthur Scargill. I'm out. Everybody out. <laughs> P.K. Botha. <laughs> Black legs, that can't be right. <laughs> the editor of the Daily Mail. My nine months of hell in tiny loony left womb. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, I suppose it's too early to be born again. <laughs> well, always end on a high note, they say. Anybody got any more? No? Right. We've reached the point in the show that nobody's been waiting for. It's the time uh, for Samantha and myself to lie back and listen to the teams announcing their late arrivals at the Criminals Ball. The Criminals <laughs> Will you welcome, please, from Sweden, with circus connections, <laughs> Lars Nee and the appalling misdeeds. Yes, she's been found guilty with criminal intent. Oh. Think about it, then you'll boo even louder. <laughs> we could finish on that, couldn't we, really? The catering's been done, as you know, Humph, by uh, Big Dennis, with his urn and his PG tips known to all of us as the high-den tea kit. <laughs>
<laughs> the orchestra it's... tonight, Max Jaffer and the boys, which the amount they're charging is robbery with violins. <laughs> Will you welcome, please, that kneel with obeisance to a little known Nordic god, offer the back of a lorry. <laughs> Welcome, please, all the way from Wales, Mr. and Mrs. Eving Stolen Goods. <laughs> and their son, Reese Eving Stolen Goods. Big Dan's doing a marvellous job on the catering with St. Valentine's Day moussaka. <laughs> Mashed potatoes and seafood, smash and crab, it's all good. <laughs> you missed out Irish stew in the name of the Lord. Oh. <laughs> Where do you live, sir? Let's be Avenue. <laughs> and the aristocracy of the underworld, Lord Lordown and Lady Lordown. <laughs> Earl, Earl E. Parole, and Count the Loot. And I'd like to ask for 14 other counts to be taken into consideration. <laughs> Big Dan's doing a marvellous job. He's got drinks, <laughs> drinks there as well. There's a crate of wine or a pack of lager. I don't know which you should choose. Ah, oh, I think the crate wins. <laughs> Mr and Mrs Err uh, and their charming son Ernest. Nice little Erner. <laughs> the uh, ELO are the other act in the cabaret. They'll be appearing three times, sort of, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kenny Ball and Chain. That was just for you, huh? <laughs> and Killer Ball Black. Chain, <laughs> oh, here's Mr and Mrs Dabode with their son, who's given up his naughty habits. He's now known as No Fix Dabode. <laughs> Stop hogging it, will he? No, I, do not. <laughs> I just like listening to this bit. <laughs> Mark Hurst and her husband, Parkhurst. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some strange way. <laughs> Gert away car? <laughs> oh, there's Percy Edwards. He's done, Bert. With his... Uh, <laughs> with his canary, Harold, known to us affectionately as Cheapy H. <laughs> oh, there's Judge No Thumbs, or alternatively, Justice Fingers. <laughs> or Justice Once. Mm. Justice runs. <laughs> Mr. Well, and Mrs. Inquint and their childish son, <laughs> Derek, the juvenile Del Inquint. <laughs> I think people appreciate one's being silent. <laughs> I think. Thank you. The question is, who said that? <laughs> the team's having extracted every ounce of humour from that situation. I think we better stop. Um, there's a couple making love in that place where they keep the money. They obviously believe in safe sex. <laughs> <laughs> On that high note, we'll uh, leave the programme this week. Join us again next week. Until then, goodbye.
Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, William Rushton and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Spencer. Thank you.